Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my third episode here, and I'm interviewing Oliver. He's a good friend of mine out of Toronto. We've known each other for many years, and he's a bar and restaurant owner. He's been massively affected by the COVID lockdowns, and we talk about the possibility of a fourth one and what it'll do to his business. Also, we talk about the huge fight between Vancouver and Toronto that's been going on for years. Which city's better? Why? And you know what? We really don't care. Listen to this episode. There's a lot of great conversation going on here. Bear with us. The noise is a little bit uh, funky, but uh, you know what? We're getting used to this thing. We got all the personalities from the world of hospitality. So let's talk about reality here on Hospitality for Humanity. Dude, you're looking trim as fuck. Yeah, I, uh, I've been uh, I've been on some things, you know, working out my diet. What did you? What you said you were having lunch? What do you eat? Like a uh, a carrot stick and a piece of paper? I don't know. What do you? You don't look <laughs> like you're eating anything anymore. No, actually, um, I had uh, had a bowl. I could go get it and show you, but it's about it's about like that big. It's bigger than the size of my head. And I had it with I had it with uh, sweet potato, uh, cauliflower, mushrooms, onions, garlic, roast, roasted, and some, uh, some some chickpeas or garbanzos. Oh wow! And uh, you know some a uh, little bit of wasabi and uh, you you don't happen to live on the west coast, do you? Weird. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's called the Vancouver Bowl. I yeah. think it is actually. Yeah. I think uh, I think I've seen it on people's menus before. That's probably why I keep. It's probably why I keep making them. <laughs> How much do you weigh now? One ninety. Oh shit, dude! Ah. What do you want? To, what's your target? You have a target weight, or you don't care about target weight? I don't care so much about target weight. It's like it's I like care BMI. about care about overall health, right? Oh. So Not BMO. That's a little bit of a thing. Yeah. And that's like, that's, it's kind of like, kind of like a way to, you know, shed light on your overall health. But the true reality of it is, um, in the blood tests, right? Like where yeah. you can see your HDL, your LDLs, your triglycerides. And I was over the charts. I was, I was like, I, I got, they didn't even test me for my LDLs because my triglycerides were so fucking high when they get that, when they triglycerides get so high, they don't even bother checking for the other shit. Well, look at you. And uh, I didn't even know because my doctor didn't fucking tell me. Really? Yeah. She she goes, oh, um, so you've you've massively like I had a blood test like eight months later, and she's like, oh wow, she's like you've massively improved your uh, your your triglycerides and your LDLs and your stuff like that. And she's like, I can't believe this. She's like, what did you do? And I'm like, what do you mean massively improved? Yeah. And I'm like, I know I lost like 40 pounds, but like, I'm like, what do you mean massively improved? She's like, well, blah, 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 and then tells me that, sh- that story. And I'm like, well, fuck, like nobody told me this. Well, it's because you started buying, do you tell you started buying the good cocaine? <laughs> the good yeah, no, like, that's, that's exactly what it. did it, right? You can get the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, you know what? Like, to be completely honest, man, it's uh, it's all it's all Whole Foods. 
I did, um, I, I did ketosis, but I did ketosis properly for about like six to eight months with like vegetables, right? Not, not, not the, not the grocery chain. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did shop at the grocery chain because it was right next to my house. Okay, you know, there you downtown go. Vancouver. There's one right around the corner from me. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, you know, it was, it was convenient. It's actually not as expensive as everybody says it is, you know, because, um, I find that because it's uh, concentrated with like, it's, it specializes in organics and, you know, uh, specialized food products, right. That yeah. it can actually offer lower, they can actually offer lower prices sometimes because they have so much of it and they purchase so much of it. But uh, you know, it's funny because in Toronto there, I don't think there's one in the downtown core. Really? You know what? When I was, when I was visiting there, uh, like a week and a half ago, it was like, well, not, not Toronto, but like Cambridge, Cambridge is a different story, but yeah. I noticed that this was like my biggest, biggest thing there was trying to find healthy shit. Mm. It's like, they're opening up a new fucking Taco Bell. In Cambridge. Yeah. In Cambridge, oh, yeah. brand new Taco Bell on a corner that has like five fucking fast food joints. And I go to the grocery store that's in the same plaza. And I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to eat this fucking non-organic shit. I'm like, I don't, I don't have pesticides. I don't eat this pesticide shit, man. So I go in and I'm looking for the organics. I'm like the shit it's in this tiny, you know, like how you have like the refrigerated section. Yeah. You know, like where it's like shelves, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and then you got the produce hanging out and everything tucked up in the top there's this little uh green row with a green label on it that says organic with arrows pointing up where, so where were you shopping grocery shopping 7-eleven where is Zares. this zares oh zares i don't think i've ever been to zares i've I driven by a zares yeah yeah like, they're, they're the ones with the orange name on it yeah they're a game out there though right there with when it comes down to all that kind of stuff actually well yeah it's a big name in that that part of ontario actually i used to be friends with the, the owner's son mm. and uh and like they they own many of them right like it's like huge huge fucking chain of multi-millionaires and like the uh, their family yeah oh you and knew the, one of the zare kids wow For that man there you go that's right. amazing man I, i've never known anyone that rich in my life oh fuck I know poor people out here you meet them all the time oh really yeah even when i was in vancouver i was only surrounded by poor people yeah so i turned out so well you know what i think it is i think it's just still like when i was in when i was in toronto it was um i had this thing where 
it was, it was like, I understood there was like a weird magnetism in Toronto with people like minds. It didn't matter your, your wealth or your, your, your status, mm. you know, um, you could go out, remember, I mean, it was more of a pickup bar, but remember two cats. <laughs> okay. Kingston, yeah. yeah. No, that's still there, man. I, I believe it. It's like, and, yeah. And, uh, and it's like, you know, I, I go in and I didn't end up rolling with like a fucking lawyer that makes like almost more than six digits and like, you know, like their crew and shit for the, like the whole night, you know, like just like a mixed people. Yeah. And I'd be, I'd be in like my shirt that's like stained with grease from my kitchen shift, you know, like, just like, Oh yeah, cool. Right. Like, what do you guys want to do? Oh, let's go back to my house and smoke $60 cigars and fucking drink a fucking $300 bottle of fucking whiskey. <laughs> I, you ran in a different circle than me, man. Dude, yeah. I, I, just, I spread it out, man. I, I made a point. It's like, I have to like be diverse. And like, that was something that I was like, I really pushed on myself. I think I went to two cats one time, walked in there. And then, uh, I think one of the assistant managers put a bus in my hand. It's like, get to work, man. You're late. Well, that sounds like some profiling. <laughs> I'm joking, but, uh, unless you, unless you knew, unless you knew Dre and then she would do that for as a joke, probably for sure. I didn't know. I, I, honestly, man, I didn't know. How old are you? 41. Yeah. You're younger than me. And you were like, where were you working that you like were running with this crew? Like this Bay street. Dude, I, I just went and met people randomly at bars all over the city. Um, I had friends that, you know, like worked in the finance, like Bay street area. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was always very like familiar with that crowd. Yeah. Like I could, like I could roll with them, but what they didn't know is that I was like, just a skid. <laughs> we're always, we're, we're all skids at heart. Well, we are, it's but, true, uh, it's true. but that's, that's what I was good for. It's like that, right? Yeah. It's like for, for a while, not forever, but it doesn't really matter what, what station you are in life. Like when you're partying in Toronto. As long as you're like fun to be with, you click, it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Like I left Vancouver when I was young, but when I go back there, I feel like, like tax brackets and stations matter a little bit more. Mm -hmm. When I hang out there, it's like, they're really segregated. Like we're here, you know, the crews you're hanging out with, it's like, you can be pretty much any from any continent and you're rolling together. Oh yeah. yeah. I find it, it, I find it um, in Vancouver in, you know, like mostly Vancouver, I wouldn't say all of BC that it's very status oriented. Uh -huh. It's like, you know, like uh, if there's a circle of say famous people or people like actors or whatever, they don't really want to include anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're all their net, their net worth is different, right? Or say there's some like offshore billionaires hanging out or millionaires, kids or whatever, hanging out, you know, they don't want to associate with anybody else. Well, you know, it's it, like, it happens here too, but yeah, yeah, but I'm not, in the, I don't run in those circles. So I, but I just really think that, I just think that like from what I've seen, um, the people that are the most outgoing here are usually from Ontario. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Or from the interior. Hmm. I wonder why. It's just, it's, it seems, it seems like, a, like to, to me, it's a lot of people that uh, have claimed the Vancouver right title. Mm. They're, they're just like, mm, I'm too good. But then they said that about me when I went in from, when I was from Toronto too, they're like, oh yeah, you guys think that the world revolves around you and stuff like that, but you're going to learn, you know? And I was like, okay. <laughs> learn what? <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to learn a lot. And, you know, I'm like, I, I had to learn. I had to learn what yeah. living in vacation mode was like. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when I first moved from Vancouver to Toronto, I remember how fast people from Toronto walked. And I'm not even joking. There's points in because I was like, you know, people in Vancouver walk slower. I think that's a great thing. You observe and take in more. You absorb more. So I'm less like, I'm, people are literally hitting me as I'm trying to walk by. They're just walking by me. I yeah. literally will, like dive into like vestibules to like chill out for a bit. I just remember like how fast they walked there. Here, really here's crazy. here's how Toronto I was. Okay, I belong to a Facebook group called "I Secretly Want to Punch Slow Walking People in the Back of the Head." Mm, wow, there right? you go. <laughs> yeah. that's that's so Toronto of you. It's like it's like it's true because you hate slow walkers and you're a jerk. Yeah, there, Torontonians. But we're not afraid to say it to your face. No, and we're jerks. We're j- I'll admit I'm a jerk. I'm jerkier now than I was before, for sure. I but I'm more I, realistic now. I don't think it's. I don't think it's jerk. What I think is is you're real with yourself. And, oh yeah. And it's and it's like I don't like that. You set a boundary, and you're like, here, we're done. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't. We don't sort of have the uh, what would I be called like. It happens everywhere, but like a passive aggressiveness that I find in, in, in Vancouver, where a lot mm-hmm. like it's just a mindset there. And then yeah. you hold it in and all of a sudden there's like a, a big fight or something. But here it's just like you know, people get to jot each other more rally of like opinions and like, I don't like that. I like my sandwich this way. Your sandwich is stupid. Your breakfast cereal is dumb. Like that kind of stuff. Where yeah. I think, well, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, Vancouver, I, I, I moved when I was 20, but I just remember it being more of a, I don't remember what it was, actually. It was a different city, so I can't really speak on what it is now. You know more. You know, okay, here's a story from about seven years. I, I've been here for seven years, so take, take this and, like, take what from you will, because, like, it's, it's a bar story, right? And I'm, I'm not in that, um, at, like, that sort of, like, nightclub demeanor anymore, but I was sitting at the bar at the end of my shift trying to drink a beer and this guy's got his back to me and I could hear him talking shit about me to his friend. And so, and I'm like super, you know, like this is, <clears throat> this is like me with the t- full Toronto. Right. And I'm like, I try, I'm like, yo man, I'm like, we're going to, we're going to have a chat about this. Mm. Right. Like, I'm like, let's, let's talk about this. Right. And he fucking turns his back, to, like snubs me just like, and I'm like, yo, man, this is fucking going outside talk right now. Slam my hand down on the bar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, my buddy, my buddy that was bartending was from Ontario as well. And he's like, yo, man, yo, man, it's not like that out here. He's like, he's like, you can't do that shit. He's like, pe- pe- yeah. people, people work two jobs just to live here because, and they, they, they can't mess up their face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can talk a lot of shit. Yeah, but I think that's the thing, that passive-aggressive nature there, it's, it's interesting, even when it comes to, like, you know, I, I don't like you, 
I don't mind using the term, but like when you get into like not in such a deep topic off the jump, but like racism, I feel like it's so spoken out of the breath there, you know? Well, it was. Well, why, well, yeah. Well, we talked about this now. It's just like, yeah, it's all um, out. It's out. It's out loud now. Um, you know, like that. I mean, you know, you are correct. There are people that still do that. I still get it. You know, where um, some people just do not want to have the conversation about indigenous peoples in Canada mm-hmm. and or like us being on their land, like settlers on their land. You know, and and like. Um, they just don't want to have that conversation. They don't understand it. You know, they, they firmly think that settlers bought the land fair and square from them and, you know, that they, they got paid and all this stuff. And it's just like, I really have to fucking explain it to you. I don't want to fucking explain it to you, but I will. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm like, now, now there's like a free course at uh, University of Alberta that you can just do on Coursera. And, uh, and I, and I devote two hours of a week to it. I just did it That's last great. night. I just did an hour last night, every Sunday and Wednesday. And I think that everybody should do it because we live in a country where some real bad shit happens. Yo, pass me that link, man. I'll totally get that up. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. I remember like when I first moved to, uh, and I guess I'll be saying that a lot during this conversation, but like 20 years ago, whatever, uh, I moved here. And I was the, one of the, like, maybe the fourth thing I thought when I was walking around Toronto was, where are all the totems? Like, seriously, there was like, even right now, I tell you, like, where's the nearest totem? I don't know. Um, huh. Obviously, like, it's, it, you know, it's, there's no hide here. It's like, a, it's, a, it's obviously a different, different game out here. But it was just interesting to me as like growing up where especially I grew up in North Vancouver, I went to school on, I went to elementary school on a reservation, I went to high school on a reservation. So not seeing totems when I walk around is like an odd thing or seeing like, you know, like Indian carvings or what have you, or someone mm-hmm. selling them. It's just like, it's a, it was an oddity to me. And like, you'd have to go really far to these, basically just community centers. Remember, remember one of my ex-girlfriends lived like across from one and then um, Ashnawabi is another one on the there's a community center on the east end but yeah but it's interesting it's interesting the uh the representation of natives in toronto if any and how sparse it is you know i think i only had like one native well my last girlfriend was native but like like one native friend growing up like in my 20s and 30s here I think I think um, the big problem is is that Canadians. I just sent you the link email there. Um, I think that Canadians, um, Canada has a huge problem, and what it is is um, looking inward, and it's like you know, like obviously the residential school problem, right? Like you know, bringing back like the murder of all these Indigenous children has really made forced people to look inward here in Canada. But at the same time, there's still a massive amount of deniers, you know, like you can't deny it really. Like you can't, yeah, what are they denying? you cannot, yeah. yeah. Like, dude, there were, there were legitimate people that were sitting out there, you know, even in podcasts and fucking media saying that this shit didn't happen, that it was, it was, it was, it's not real. It was bullshit. Just like, and, yeah, just like your, your, your typical, um, 
you know, you're straight single white male, like going like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't fucking exist. Oh, I don't you think know, it's like, like I've I've got people that in my family that like and friends that like are are hardcore, like um it's our land, like the and you know, I have to fucking educate them all the time. And it's like, you know, like I think that doing your part, especially as as like as a white male, I gotta mm-hmm. fucking tell other people, you know what I mean? Like I, I have to do it. Like if I don't, then I'm no better. No, that's amazing. I love I love that point of view. I love the uh, like not very many people care as much about um, any topic that has to do with like indigenous people very much. Like anything, yeah, anything. Well, like I mean, there's so much more, man. Like uh, we can talk about um, women's rights, for example, too. You know. And uh well you know about anything. I was just so I'm just, yeah. I'm just interested about how like people don't want to talk about that. Like oh, you shit. Bring it up, people scatter, like they try yeah. to change the subject oh, yeah. right away. Dude, I'm I'm like I post that I post that I'm like uh trying out a vegan lifestyle for a minute, you know, and uh that's a Toronto minute for those that don't know what that is. That's like you know, it's gonna be a while. Uh, <laughs> I think people know, but yeah. <laughs> and uh you know, it's it's like I, I get messages and shit where like, you know some people are seriously prom- like thumbs up, man, awesome, and then some people are like, "Fuck, that's terrible!" Like, why are you doing this to yourself? And I have to defend myself on this. You know, it's like it's it's, like, it's not the same thing, but everybody has so much of an opinion. And uh, was it uh, Socrates has a quote where it's like where he says, uh, "Shit, what, what does he say?" I have it here. Li- I can literally. Pull it up. Oh, I, I was gonna. But, I thought we were gonna pretend uh, it was off the top of your head. Yeah, no, no. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just uh, put it out there. But it's like, it's about like opinions are like the basic form of uh, thought. Hmm. Just because you, everybody can have one, and you don't have to commit to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just don't know when vegan, vegan or veganism became a swear word. Like it really, like you can, you can start a, a verbal fisticuffs. Bringing up veganism at a at a bar. Well, it's I interesting. Mean, it goes. It's 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 part of our indoctrin culture, right? Like, meat has been part of a culture because of the over farming that has been lobbied in government, right? Like factory mm. farms and factory ranches and stuff. So we're we're looking at fucking generations after generations of people that have been brought up on this meat diet because governments promised it and are getting paid to promote it. They promised it to the farmers and the ranchers, right? So you're, so it's, it's systemic as well. It's like, okay, so we're feeding people shit, shit meat. Like, honestly, man, like I, I probably eat a little bit of meat here and there still, but like, I'm going to get, I'm going to go off of it for a while for a minute. Like I said, just to yeah, but you think that's the reason because I'm, I'm still like that prime rib with the horse fries at uh, the keg is delicious like those that was always like the per person's thing when you went to the keg was the prime rib i remember that because i had to get it a lot when i was poor and i'd be going we're going to the keg i'm like guess i'm getting prime rib again hey, yeah. you can't you can't you can't get the tender though eh? oh dude i can't afford that no dude you guys just by like <laughs> Bang for the buck. If you went to the keg, 
you'd get the most protein, maybe not the best cuts, but the word primes in it as well. So that sounds like it's amazing. Right. High yeah, prime rib was, yeah, with that Jew, the horseradish. That's the only thing I miss not eating meat is, um, is like a, a medium closer to rare steak, man. Oh, That's the I, one thing that uh, Impossible Burger or Gardein can't mimic. No. Is a friggin' tenderloin. So I didn't know what the taste of meat was until I was like about 11 or 12. So. Oh, going, really? Yeah. So going back to that for me is easy. Like I still have that familiarity of vegetables where it's like, like the, the good taste of vegetables. I'm like, I love it. I love eating my vegetables. I don't know if I feel bad for you or good for you for being a vegetarian so long ago, because yo, now 2021, you can be a vegetarian and eat like the best food. Yeah. You oh, can yeah. eat things that taste like chicken made nuggets, a, a, a medium rare burger, spaghetti with meatballs. You can have it all now. Imagine like back in the day, you didn't have any of that stuff. You had the big tempeh. And like maybe flavored tofu. You know, um, even the best restaurant in the world, 11 Madison Avenue, is oh, completely really? fucking plant-based, dude. Completely plant-based. Check it out. I thought you were going to say another restaurant. No, no, no. Yeah, he opened up after um, Chef. He opened up after uh, COVID and rolled out a completely vegan menu. Wow, that's crazy. And like, it's just like destroying it. Like, it's like, people are just like, this is insane. I didn't know vegetables could taste this good. Dude, that guy's just caking right now. Oh. You know how much money he's making off veggies? Dude, but, dude, but he's, being okay. Okay, you know, your business, your, your restaurant owner, business owner, you, you understand this. So he basically almost closed his doors. He almost went bankrupt. Hmm right um during covid and then uh decided to that he wanted to make less of a footprint i guess and uh reopened as a, a plant-based restaurant now amazing. he's i think he's pretty much plant-based himself 100 now but he's going the full in his own diet he's gonna go the whole like he's he, he was talking about going the whole nine yards so uh we'll see that, that'll be interesting. You know, like one of the world's like, like Supreme top chefs, just like, well, I've never been there before. I've, I've been by it, but like, I've never actually been in or tasted the fair. What was he doing? Was it like, like, like whipping cream and like white wine and like lots I of salt. And I th I, I've never been myself and I haven't been to New York in like shit. 22 years. What? Yeah, I know, right? Well, Sacrilege. I loved it so much when I was there, too. Oh, dude, Derek, dude, next time you come here, honestly, I will take you down there. I'm not even joking. All right. We can take a flight or we'll just, well, when the border's open, we'll just take my car down. It's like, it's awesome. It's just like eight hours. We can talk shit like this. I'll record a podcast on the, on the way <laughs> yeah, down. Man. There we go. On the way to New York City, we're going to go eat some vegan food. It's going to cost us, a, it's going to cost us a grand just to eat vegan food for the night, but <laughs> well, how much is it? Is it a, is it a fixed price? Yeah. So uh, it's a fixed menu. I, I, I should, I should look it up. It'd be interesting. Oh, Joe Rogan would just say, tell Jamie to pull it, pull it up. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe one day I'll send you my uh, resume, my CV. Maybe I'll be your Jamie one day. Maybe that'd be fun. People wouldn't know what happened. Except for I call people out for being dumbasses. That's great. I, I, I drove yesterday for three hours and got into four arguments. So Oh yeah, they're they're booked up solid, eh? Does it have but yeah, wouldn't it be crafts for them to to put prices? Like they're not gonna put a price on their website. That would be way too low brow for these people. Like if you gotta look at the price, you can't afford this place. Yeah, no, exactly. That's how it is. It says all reservations yeah, are all reservations are sold out. We gotta get to Reddit to find out those prices. But yeah. But yeah, I'm assuming we go to there, like drop five bills for sure. Each. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we could get in. But if you did, if we did get in. Like five, it would probably cost us five bills each just to eat. Yeah. No drinks. Yeah. Well, which is actually, you know, since I'm sober and I don't drink anymore, uh, it's pretty cheap. Oh yeah. Unless, unless you're going to 11 Madison park, then it's, yeah, <laughs> that's completely different. That's so bro, Tell me. Yeah. So Oliver, tell me a bit about your career path and like, uh, oh, wow. start, 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 out, start, out, start out with BC, man. You see, I don't know. I'll, I'll go through the polls notes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I it's mean, kind of boring. Uh, no. yeah, born in, born in, I was born in Van. Uh, what was like, the scene like in Vancouver when you born, were born here? Um, uh, I don't know. It was just a vagina, then light. Um, I don't know. White sheets. I don't know. But when I was, uh, <laughs> older, oh man, Vancouver, I don't think Vancouver's ever been better than like the, the, the early 90s. Like when, when, um, like Yale town was literally a meatpacking district. I swear to God, like I, the first time I went to New York was 99. Um, I was living in Van in the nineties, um, left soon after, but man, it had like that growth of Vancouver in the mid nineties was ridiculous because it had the ratio you have to have of the grime the grit to schmanciness you have to have that and vancouver had it like and this is all by accident like you don't plan for this like new york didn't plan for that it just happened so i remember it was a really good sort of like balance between like like grit um like true hardship it, which it still has now maybe even more so because of just the divide of like cost of living and they obviously had old wealth there right like I was um, raised in North Vancouver, went to school with kids from West Van, went to West Van a, a little bit, not a lot. Um, and um, so it was just an interesting time, just like seeing what, because I was a poor kid, they were rich, we were friends, but we didn't really discuss like, obviously, um, uh, the stations we were, well, I didn't even know what it was. And um, and yeah, so it was, it was really interesting. It was really like, I remember there was an amazing places like there was a place called Athletic Billiard. I, I, I believe it was open close to 24 hours or at least till three in the morning. And it was like all chain link fences inside. They had like uh, billiard tables. There was like a half a car cut and it was like hoisted in the air and it was a DJ booth. Um, then you would like, we would move our, we would move dumpsters in Yale town. So we get parking 
And we'd hang out at like Benny's Bagels was 24 hours. This place called Athletic Billiards, Soho Cafe, like really dope places that were like amazing. The like Soho is still there. Oh, is it? Like a lot of like some of the ideas that I've seen around the world, yeah. like really like are synonymous with what I saw there. Right. So it was like really up to date. Like the people were well-traveled, whoever owned these places. I was too young. I was going there underage and there were coffee shots when they served alcohol. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was an amazing time. And then, um, one day I woke up and, uh, it was all gone. You know, it was like a mini dealership, Mark Jacobs, diesel, the worst clothing company in the world. Um, yeah, but just like, it just became something overnight. And I think that sort of like soured me. Like we, there used to be like cool hidden coffee shop, sugar refinery on Granville, and like Tribeca cafe uh love affair was this cool industrial club they have some good stuff but yeah it was really good and then you know people got homogenized you know old wealth started like getting whatever they demanded and then like it just the city will change like money will change the city right like it always mm-hmm. will yeah um you know it's happening to toronto right now it's like culture's getting homogenized like you know i guarantee you in the in like the next like 15 years like a lot of like the mom and pop shops will close just like they did in the early 2000s in vancouver and, and then and then there's sort of like a corporate takeover happens yeah there's there's this there's this theory, thing now that people are starting to say in vancouver and i hear it like you know in social media and the news it's um that vancouver was built on drug traffickers like by drug traffickers for drug traffickers and uh that's that's why you have a lot of the problems that you have there right now because a lot of the wealth that was brought into vancouver was brought in because of them and they were they just had money to spend everywhere so it was like oh i'm just gonna fucking invest in this build this do that let's put this uh sky like this big condo building here like let's do some crazy shit and the skyline of vancouver just keeps changing man oh for sure like it's just insane yeah that makes sense though because the because because of your style isn't wasn't there like literally a law stating you couldn't build skyscrapers in vancouver like yeah i remember and then they slowly they slowly overturn it district by just like area by area they start buying airspace buildings start buying airspace take it grow like it's it's only gonna change because you know and i love the fact that they uh they held on to that but it's one of those reasons and like uh, and maybe it's a little a little romantic of me, but like, and I, cause I do understand how things change. I was part of a lot of change, um, in Toronto, like maybe not in the best way either. Um, when dealing with romantics, but, uh, but yeah, it was great. Like they had, uh, had low buildings, good grit, um, you know, a budding art scene. There were still theaters. You can still watch theater. Like you can't watch theater in the West Coast anymore. You know, it's just dead. And it doesn't that doesn't make or break a city, but like it's just interesting to see the arts of like, you know, it's like you can talk about Berlin or Detroit or even like New York back in the day. It's like people will sort of migrate to where it exists, you know, and art majority wise doesn't exist. I know it does. A lot of People like it obviously it does. There's probably great artists there, but like there's just going to be a larger collection in other cities, right? and then because artists do lend to the landscape of developing like 
the new world or the you know the new western civilization right i find that i find that uh culture out here is hard to find if you don't go looking for it like, mm. whereas in toronto um culture is in your face and everywhere oh it's on the streetcar it's on the streetcar it's on the billboards it's and nothing all <laughs> it's it's like it's like in it's like in the in the music in the air in the street festivals um so yeah anyways yeah. what brought you to toronto on uh, the honest answer um i chased the girl no it was, it was totally by yeah like i was i was looking for i don't know which came first but i know i was looking for an excuse to leave vancouver because i was sort of like ended that chapter um you know the city had served me very well um i learned as much as i thought i could obviously i could have learned more but like i thought i learned as much as i could and i needed to like sort of like advance my studies of life and i thought i was going to go to either california or or toronto and then the girl that i was dating at the time long distance was from toronto so it made the decision a little bit easier uh and we dated long distance for like five years maybe six i don't know it's a while ago and when i went there i think we lasted like five months or six months and then we broke up it's interesting thinking of like you can tell each other how much you love each other and like all the broad brush strokes of a relationship but you don't know like the the trivial which actually makes for relationships right like i could i could i i knew what color she liked and i knew that we were in love but i didn't know if she liked cream in her coffee or if she liked you know you don't know all the little things that actually make a relationship and when you find out about all the little things that make a person and make a relationship odds are it won't work <laughs> Yeah, so shit. Went for a relationship. Oh yeah, did man. You, did, I, you, did you start working right away or dude, yeah, man. I was uh got a job at this place called This Is London. Oh as like uh no you remember way. That? I remember that. Oh man. <laughs> dude, I, I got a job right away as like a bar back. And I worked my way into like food services. Like it wasn't even food services, like so I don't have to do the garbages anymore or do busing stuff. I would just like make because you know, remember this is London. Yo, you'd come in, and you get like a glass of like sparkling. Literally in the in my in my prep shift, I'd open up a carton of Belmont cigarettes, a carton, and get candle holders and just like like shove literal uh, like handfuls of cigarettes all on every bar because cigarettes were free, uh, liquids. There was free food. And at the end, it would just there was a tray of food, so I would like and so I didn't do all the garbages. I could just cut up all the food and make it really pretty and serve that. I was like, "Oh, this is way big." Yeah, I remember like I, I remember that uh, like when nightclubs used to do that, you know, like feed people, yeah, the good ones, anyways, um, or or you know, um, for other people, they just went to another nightclub where you could buy anything in the bathroom word out yeah <laughs> and 
comfort zone. Oh my gosh. Yo, I just got, I just drove for the first time into that area because I moved up to St. Clair. Um, I saw it being built. But man, there's a brand new finished condo exactly where comfort zone used to be. You know what? I am so happy for the world that that is gone. Yeah. Imagine all the spirits haunting. Oh, building you know, you know 100%, man, people have died there. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, many, many, many times. And outside yeah. of there. Oh, yeah, they dragged them outside. They used to drag them outside. Yeah, because it's, you know, they don't have yeah. to deal with the cops that way. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the reality of After Hours Bars is a lot of people don't understand that, um, you know, like, you go and you want to have fun and stuff, but what happens to the person that are ODs? You know, like they don't know. Like you, you don't see that shit, man. It gets hit, taken care of so fast. It's like out the door, yeah, and uh, in the alley or on the street. There's a lot more education about that now. They're There's, like educating a lot of people about how to deal with kid party kids and and ODing and because it's a it's a harsh, sometimes way too harsh of a lesson for like a 17 year old to to learn or not to live through it's awful like i think it's like it's it's one of the most tragic like some kids on a saturday just want to have fun they take something that their friend took every weekend for the last month and a half and they just take the wrong one and then they go it's just awful man and i've and i've been to some there's there's some great organizations in toronto and i'm sure there are in vancouver as well that are like educating uh bars mm-hmm. and bar staff. there was actually one recently there was one actually recently that uh, was giving away three and a half grams of uh, your choice of like cocaine, meth, or heroin, yeah. like clean outside of the police department. Oh, wow. Outside of the BPD. So I'm like, oh, hey, everybody, smile for the cameras. You know? <laughs> Seems like such a sting operation. They don't really give a fuck who you are, man. If you're a user, they don't give a fuck who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people got to get over that shit. Um, you know, it's like the, it's like the small guy, like just like se- like selling selling a couple half grams to like figure out, uh, you know, so that he can do his, his smoke his weed or do whatever you know like he wants to do over the years. Like I've been around those types of people my whole life, and uh, you know, like they're so paranoid. It's like they're not going to bust you, dude. Hmm. They don't give a fucking shit about you. You're not making fucking hundred k a year, like <laughs> you know, like you're not. You know, your pockets aren't stuffed with cash. Like you're, you yeah, know, like, it's an interesting thing because like certain people would like beg to differ, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I think uh, that there's another whole like sort of profiling that goes along with that as well. What do you think but, about this? Anyway. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Vancouver, or I mean, and anywhere really now. So since we had uh, lockdown, the whole world yeah. went into lockdown. And I've noticed that I've heard people, you know, like I'm on the beach and I hear people talking about going to their after hours or going to their party. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, I was like, yeah, maybe it'll get rid of after hours, like the shitty ones, you know, the people that these things, these shitty things do happen at. But now I think it creates a whole different monster because mm-hmm. it's, it's now we've pushed even more underground because people couldn't. Yeah, I don't think it's going away. I don't no, think it's, not, it's, it's not, never going to go away. Culture, right? Yeah. yeah. Like if people want to party, they're going to party. Oh yeah. And like, I, um, like we're talking about like, well, I like, I love how we're now at, uh, after hours, we're talking with, uh, 
So why'd you leave Vancouver? How, what was the, <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you go in the food and bev industry? My first job in the food and bev industry was actually the Denny's by the uh, first Narrows Bridge, Lionsgate Bridge, Capilano Road. That was my first job at Denny's. So I remember I used to see the kids, like, you know, you'd see the after club. Like, you'd, you'd, you'd see, if you're there till six in the morning, you see yeah. the stage of partiers that come to Denny's after, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see those tweakers at like six in the morning. Yeah, I actually worked. Actually, I actually one of my first jobs was working at uh, McDonald's on the four hundred one. Mm. Like like the old one, by, like out by like uh, Kitchener Waterloo area. Oh wow! You know the double ones on the like the ones on the two sides there. And yeah, I remember that man. I worked a night shift once or a few times, anyways. And you get like you're like, hey, here's everybody going to the bar. Here's the smart yeah. people trickling in around midnight, one o'clock. Yeah. Right, because they left early. Yeah, and then like. Five, four, five o'clock, six o'clock would roll around, and you get a trickle of the fucking sketch bags straight up all the Just way through. Bag, you yeah. know, like like people right after my own heart there for a couple of beers. Um, yeah, but those people are like you. You know how dark Kitchener, like that Kitchener Waterloo drug scene, really is. That's like that's a middle America sort of stuff that that was going down there. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, the amount of houses that were grow ops, the amount of houses that exactly. were meth labs, like meth labs and stuff. Yeah. But Kitchener Waterloo was an interesting place. It was like, I don't know if certain organizations had a really, I'm sure certain org- organizations were everywhere, but like, I don't know if they had a really like sort of a big, that was one of their mainstays. But like, it's interesting when I hear story, stories about Kitchener Waterloo, it always seems to come up in like pseudo infamy. You know, you know it's, it's a lot of because um, of, of RIM, right? Like blackberries mm-hmm. was made there. What a lot oh, of people, really? yeah. What a lot of people don't know is like Raytheon, like like um, like firearms. Uh, sorry, that's like missile tech, right? For the states, they have fucking. Um, I didn't know that. NORAD clearance and shit. Um, what else? Um, the people who manufacture the firearms for the United States. Oh, so you, can get any, you can go. You can get in there. So I'm sure people that work there have great clearance. They could probably cross the border. So, but they, but they've but they've got money, you know, and their kids mm. grow up with money. They got paid really really well. You know, oh, okay. and like, I know an exact like example of that. I've seen it, you know, like firsthand, one of my best mm. friends growing up was, uh, was that his dad, his dad worked at, uh, you know, like, a like a clearance, like had to have crazy military clearance in the States and stuff like that, you know, and he was a hardcore partier. Wow. You know, st- uh, still, still is trying to go to rehab. One time. Somebody for a pizza, what? That's as high as the clearance I knew of when I was a kid. I knew a guy who could get to the back of a pizza hut. And his older brother had the back, he could go in there. I was yeah, like, shit. I had that at Boston Pizza, man. There you go, man. That's so, crazy. So, uh, what, okay, so from, from Toronto, we got out of, we got out of, uh, so I, yeah, so I, where am I? I chased a girl. Yeah, yeah and we're, you were working at This Is London. Like, Yo, remember, you know, just like trying to work everywhere, just trying to figure out my life. I was sort of excited to be there. And I remember the rent was so cheap back then. I think I was paying like $450 for like, for like an, uh, one bedroom. And like, you could live back then because even if you're paying, getting paid like eight fifty an hour, you could still roll out with like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks was pretty good back then, especially for like a bar back. But like, but if you, your weekend would pay one week would pay for your rent. So, you know, like she had three weeks to either save or go crazy. So, you know, 
mm-hmm. Toronto, man, you, you roll like right at the start, like you're rolling deep to every bar. You're like, there's like minimum a dozen of you every time you you walk out you're in your twenties. I mean, like, you know, it's like the crews are so big there. It's just like, and in the sense of like the most artsy, whatever crew, you know? Um, but yeah, it was an interesting thing because like, I, I, to be honest, I went there for a girl, but my real reason wh- wh- why I went down there, like I, I left for a girl and she was the, the, the exact excuse I needed to, to, to leave Vancouver. But I joined second city. I did that for a while. And I did like, uh, I was doing improvisation in there. That was like my number one thing I wanted to do. Was no just to something, yeah. I did, something I did not know about you, but you're a funny guy. Oh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, sometimes. I'm sure everyone listening right now, they're like, this guy? <laughs> but, um, and, uh, yeah, so I did it for a while, and then I sort of left that, and I started doing, like, stand-up for, like, a year. And then, it's like thing all the time, like, with, uh, and I talk to the young kids now about it all the time. It's like, it's like the industry, when I talk about the bar industry, and food and bed, yes, but specifically the bar industry, me and you know it very well sort of the trappings of it number one the money um oddly like garbage minor clout um and then but the world runs through bars in in big cities like vancouver and toronto so like all of a sudden you know um, a good chunk of the city you can weave your way in and out of most bars people are waiting an hour to get into and then you just and you're there for like 15 minutes because yeah, I, I don't know if it was because I remember in Vancouver, everyone would wait to get in the place. But you know, in Toronto, if we're going out, we're going to like five yeah. bars minimum that night. Oh, I've, 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 yeah, I've done the thing where like I've gone, I've gone in like shabbily dressed to like one of the oh, city's yeah. top nightclubs. I walked right up to the right up to the the host at the door, been like, "Hey, uh, can me and this guy get in?" There's like four Instagram models like waiting. They're like all dolled up and everything right next to us, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, come right on in." And the girls are like, what the fuck? How the fuck do these guys get in, right? It's just like... Yeah, because they have, they have crazy morals. They know that. <laughs> um, yeah, it must be that. Because they're like, what? This isn't right? Everything's I always, fair. Though, right? I, always told my, I always told my friends it's because they, they, uh, they, they run a numbers game. That uh, it's, always, it's always a balance of, of um, men to women that they try to balance in the, in the, in the nightclub, sense. right? Yeah. Which actually is a hundred percent of truth. Um, but the fact is the reason why I got in is because I knew the guy running the door. Oh yeah. But that, 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 that was our game. You know, the yeah. think about us and like, even in Toronto, it's like, yeah, you, you, that, that becomes a thing, but the trappings are like all of those things in one go mm-hmm. and you get it at a young age. So you're like, you know, if you make decent, more money than you, you deserve, like, why should you, um, basically pour drinks, do minimal work, um, get drunk yourself. Oh yeah. Um, drunk. Yeah. Um, whatever your fare is, men, women, women that look like men, the other way, whatever you can have that too. So you get all of this and you get to go home and, and count your money. And then you're asked to sacrifice, like quit that and then sacrifice. Like, going to a poor house, like, you know, like for me to be like, I don't even know. I didn't even know that was it. Don't even believe that's a real job. But like to me, be like, well, I'm going to go improvise like what and make $50 just show up. I'm lucky. Like I just, I just cleared 
360 on a Tuesday. And I'm like, we're eating breakfast at a, on a rooftop on a Thursday, you know, blowing like, you know, why are we having a $60 breakfast? Like, I'm not even working this place. Like this, anyway, it's just an interesting thing, but I guess that's how the economy of like bar and life happens in like any, yeah. any big city. Like, I'm sure the same thing happens in Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary yeah. and all that. Actually, that kind of reminds me now where you're going with this is like, I was uh, having a previous conversation here and it's like, uh, we were talking about uh, ego in the bar and mm. where, you know, like, like how you were talking about going out and having a $60 breakfast and uh, you know, thinking that it's owed to you or, or, or that you you're like, why do I even deserve this? Because, yeah. because like there's, there's just that, that ego that comes from being behind the bar of that um, acceptance where everybody's like approving of you, approving of you constantly being like, Oh man, you're the shit. So it's yeah. like a, it's like a drug, right? Like I, oh, I yeah, found yeah. It. serotonin happens every time you someone says hi to you on the street or praises you for I don't know why, but that's just an interesting thing. Like that, like but you're not gonna like give that life up so you can go to like teachers' college. What are you gonna go to teachers' college while you're like partying in like a penthouse on a Tuesday? You know, with like it, it's like you, you're not gonna trade that life and be like. In your twenties, yeah, but nobody wants you in the penthouse when you're 36, right? Like, but I get that. Hey, it's a whole different that, story. Yo, that's my whole thing when I talk about like people staying in the game too long. You know, yeah. whether it be um, guys or women staying in the game too long, and like, you know, but th that's the thing, right? You gotta like eat your shit. You know, like you gotta make your bed. Like you're you, you chose this life, so figure it out. Mm -hmm. Either you can monetize it, save your money, make good investments or parlay it into something else. But if you don't, you know, you can't be, you can, but you can't be serving a, a bottle of Hennessy to, you know, a group of guys in your late forties. It's just not happening, nor will you be hired to do it. You know, I've definitely, but if you can find it for your future, I've definitely seen people do that successfully, but it's like, it's like 1%. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, exactly. it's, yeah, it's an anomaly. It's an anomaly. And, and you know, like X-Men power, the, the guys that I do see there at that age doing it, they look fucking miserable. You know, but like, yeah, but talking about like, but, uh, but do you, have you seen a 49 year old woman serve uh do bottle service at a club? Well, this is the double standard, right? You and I could probably do it when we're 49. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I just didn't want to say it, but yeah, you know, that, you know, it's like, that's the whole point. It's like, so what are you going to do? You're going to marry that two out of 10 that you wouldn't even give time to three years ago, but now you're in your mid thirties. So like you kind of got to, because the ground's coming really quick and you got to pull this cord on your chute or you're going to pancake. Right. It's like, dude, I've, I'm old enough to see that happen when I was in my twenties, when I was thirties and my forties, I've seen it happen. To different gens of, sadly, of women, you know. But I've also seen like uh, a bunch of, like, majority of the women I know just, you know, make a killing doing something else, like using their, like, using their talents for other things. Yeah, which is great to see. But yeah, yeah, I just think that, like, I I have seen. Okay, I I know some women 
that are in the industry. Okay. And uh, that are powerhouses, you know, like crazy fucking really good at what they do, but you don't ever see them behind the stick anymore. You know what I mean? Like they, they've, they've made something and I, I, I take lessons from them. You know what I mean? I'm like, holy, like, holy shit. You know, like I need to be doing this for myself. Unfortunately, I figured that out a little late. And, uh, and I was like, I mean, even though it never is too late, that's kind of where I, the motto I try to roll with, but uh, at the same time, I'm like, I need to build my own legacy myself, you know, like, and so speaking of legacies, dude, you own one of the coolest bars in the city or your partner, mm-hmm. one of the bar- coolest bars that I've ever, like I've ever loved. Hands oh, down in Toronto. Thanks, and, uh, it's kind of how we met. Yeah. Maybe meet the, yeah, I guess we kind of, I guess through the market. Yeah. In a market sort of thing. But Sunday, bar- Sunday barbecues. Yeah. But I think I met you before that. Yeah, we did. Because we were working in the market. Yeah. Something like that. Whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I think I was working at the super. No, I didn't work at the supermarket. See, this is, how, this is how bad my memory is of that. I was working, I was working on college street somewhere. And then I kept uh, one of my owner, the owner of the bar, he owned half of the supermarket. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. I just like, remember like, cause I'm a market kid for sure. Like if you talk about Toronto, I'm for sure. Kensington market before anything. Right. So. Oh yeah. I like, yeah. Cause I was working at bars there before I opened my bar there. Mm-hmm. So I worked at the, this place called the embassy, which is great. Like sort of like the places I worked around the city really sort of snowballed into like, um, like anyone, nothing special. Like it did become your social circle and from social circle sort of like parlays into social status. And mm-hmm. if the, you know, whatever, whatever, if your friends make it, then you make it like, you know, we're all built on the shoulders of other people. It's just not us. Right. So hence everyone became things. And like, well, think about it. Like before I opened the cold tea, like, like, when I worked at bars, like Adrian Ravinsky, I would go visit him at bars, get some shots. He opened up 416 Snack Bar. Uh, Ian would come to uh, Embassy. We'd do some shots. He opened up Grand Electric. And we were just like these kids. We didn't know what was going to happen in the next three years, right? Two years, maybe a year. Because I was, I, I, I saw Adrian Ravinsky like while I was building. I was even hanging out with at, at the bar he was at. Um, and, um, Dusty was the chef of that restaurant. He was like, I think he was, I don't know. He's one of the, I don't know what the show is. It's a chef show. <laughs> it's not the top chef or something. I don't know what it is. Do they have a top chef in Canada? Yeah, they do. Top chef Canada. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Super dope chef. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I, think yeah. he won, I think in the all-star one, he got second, but he's so dope. I love him with all my heart, but I love all those guys. And, and the good thing about, like, like think of you and me, like we just, we just hung out a bit and we already, because then you left, mm-hmm. but imagine like how we're like so cool with each other, like our connection, yeah. like imagine like me knowing Dusty and these people for like 20 years. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But all the adventures we go to, you know, are so, so are you saying, so are you saying that like the Grand Electric and, you know, 416 snack bar and cool tea are sort of like a accident? Like it was like yeah, but we're all just no. They were no. They were waste. Those two are way smarter than me. Uh, mine was <laughs> mine was uh, mine was like pure 
some amazing. Don't be so hard on yourself. No, but like I, I watch those guys and I'm like, I praise those two. But it was just funny because we were just like bartender kids. You know, we we're like shitty bartenders just like drinking and like partying every night. And we, we all had these little ideas we kept in our heads for a long time. And then one time we had a chance, we swung as hard as we could and we all did it. Like a, and, and that goes for a bunch of people in the city, right? Mm-hmm. And that era was a magical time for the city, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know it. Like, you were there for the best part. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I was there for, like, the prime pickings of Toronto, and then it was... Then it just after. became, like... But because the people, the next generation, were just looking at blueprints. And that's the problem. People just look at blueprints instead of looking at themselves trying to figure stuff out. Like, with, like, cold tea, like, that whole design came from, like, Oahu. Like, people from Berlin were like, oh, it's like Berlin or New York. I'm like, oh, so it was like, no, man, this came from, like, literally Chinatown in Oahu, in mm-hmm. Honolulu. Like, it was just, like, I was there, and the first Friday of the month, they have, um, they shut down for a street party um, in Honolulu, and I was just there. I uh, had so much fun. It's interesting. Anyway, lots of adventures. But, uh, yeah, just snap pictures, got super inspired by it, and, like, was like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing with my next space. And it took me a while to get to it. And then, it, then, then it sort of happened. Thank God. But yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a, a bunch of like happy accidents plus a little bit of skill that, that sort of manifested into like what we know it now or what we knew of it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> That's really cool because as I was wondering exactly how, Cool tea came to be because I remember, you know, um, somebody one day just like saying to me, like, hey, this guy, these, these people, they opened up like this bar. You ever hear about this bar and, and like this like little mall in Chinatown they don't even know exists? <laughs> you know, like, you know, and then, uh, you know, years later, I'm like, with like a year later, two years later, after you guys open, I'm coming in the fucking back alley. Oh, for sure, man. That back door was the game, man. That's for all the, all the homies. That was a homie entrance. But yeah, I'd literally walk around, collect people. I'd be like, wait at the corner on like, like on uh, either on Augusta or wait on um, Baldwin. And I'd just go collect them and we'd walk through the back. And the epic parties of that place. But, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, Fuck the fuck the bar, fuck old tea. It's like I always say that um like Toronto's not like Toronto's dope things. Like it's all like the food's pretty good, bar scene's pretty good. But man, you know that it's like the people are so dope. Like the people, especially like the mixing of gen- generations, the mixing of cultures, it's like it's this amazing sort of uh, uh, collection of people that that come together to like cause like a lightning bolt it's just like those parties are nothing in the back of cold tea without the you know the people obviously mm-hmm. but that's always a difference like there's been people that have um, like I, I don't know what they're called companies from Vancouver or what are they called the promotion companies or whatever that asked to like do cold tea parties in Vancouver and I was always like well, do you guys have enough money to like load a plane with like 190 people? Like, cause that's the only way you're getting. Cause like 
sadly, the difference of the two cities is not you get fresher fish there and we have really good patties here. It's the difference is that just the flavor of people is different. The way we like to party, we don't stand around waiting for who's going to start the party up first. Like that's such a Vancouver thing. Like who's the person who's going to, I'm so shy. I'm like, it, they're like fighting to jump on you. They're, they're pushing each other up to get onto the table to dance above everyone. So everyone sees them. Yeah, every, everybody here is so Ride them gals. Yeah. Every, everybody here Stop in Vancouver is so, is so afraid of, um, you know, uh, being the center of attention or like, or, or not even that it's, it's like, they're just How much is to insult them that they're so sensitive about what people think of them. Like who mentally abused these people so much that they're like, I don't so, think it's, so, so. I don't think it's that, you know, like, I think it, I think it just has to do with, um, the class system out here is, is very different. Yeah. But when they all drink, it doesn't matter. Right. They're all, they're all acting like that. They just, they just almost need that sort of buffer zone of people in front of them so mm -hmm. they can have fun, you know, or they can like with you, with that guy at the bar, they can make fun and judge these people. And then if they get drunk enough, we'll join them. Right. They also have, they also have uh, crazy laws here. Okay. So get this. If you do not have a cabaret license, which they do not issue anymore. I know. Yeah. Right. Um, you can't have anybody dance at your restaurant or because it, it's because it ha you have to open it up as a restaurant. So therefore there is zero dancing at any new place that's been opened up since what the fucking lamplighter. Yeah. It's like footloose down there. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, you know, we had a bunch of, uh, questions here that we were rolling off of, but you know, this is the first time for po my podcast, you know, and I'm like a few episodes in. And I haven't posted anything yet, but uh, I've been kind of going on this loose thing where I wanted to know what your, you know, your daily regimes like, like what you do, like, you know, where, yeah, like, you know, do you take how you take care of your sleep? How do you, you know, like, what do you, what are you on for food these days? Like, that's a good one, man. Your exercise, do you like, do you, do you do stuff in the past? You do stuff now. Like, how's that changed over the years with your working schedule? This is the sad part. Um, things really have changed lately. I don't, I didn't, when you were here, actually, I was going through it. That's why I didn't push to like, hang out with you, even though I knew you were here. I got gout. No so way. I couldn't walk. Wow. I got gout. And then while I had gout in my right foot from hopping around and being old and out of shape in my left foot, I got tendonitis from hopping around on it. Yeah. So I literally could not walk. And that changed the game because like I've been going to like blue street boxing for like 15, 17 years, the amount of skipping, but it's all like just destroying fascia and tendons. Like I'm just like abusing it because you know, in my twenties I didn't, I didn't stretch for seven minutes. You know, I go in there and start skipping and then start punching a bag and doing burpees. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I didn't stretch anything, you know, like, like, I'm sure I have plantar fasciitis. I know my IT band's fucked. Um, I know my knees are slowly going. I know from years of deadlifts done incorrectly, my lower back's going to probably go. And it all just happens, right? So that I'm so happy, like, when you were talking about health and getting back into it, because it didn't start yesterday, right? You've been doing it for a couple of years now. So I like that because you're, you can really alter your path 
of your life now. So you're about 16 months in, something like that, 14 maybe. Um, I'd say you're not fucked. Like you, like definitely a lot. But I'm just saying I've never dealt with these because I can usually go and box for three months and get my body back. Yeah, metabolism is at an all-time snail's pace. Um, uh, My feet hurt. You know, I can't. I can't do road work. People constantly go tell me they're like, "Oh, you're in your forties. You don't recover the same way you used to. You got to be careful." Isn't that? I'm like, you know what it is. We've been beating ourselves up for the last three decades, beating the shit out of ourselves the last two or three decades, and eating incorrectly, and um, drinking too much, and working too much, not sleeping enough. Tequila and quarter pounds with cheese at 4 a.m. Yeah. Well, what we have to do now is we have to step back and give ourselves credit, and that we're that we're. Um, you know, worthy of being, t- of taking care of ourselves and going like, you need that eight hours of sleep, you know, oh, for sure. You know, check your fucking sleep patterns. Um, check what you're eating, eat a whole food diet. It doesn't matter whether it's meat or vegetables, as long as you get the whole foods in there. Um, you know, and like, there's, there's just a plethora of ways you can reset and you say gout. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Like, you know, like I was, I was worried that I would have got it, that I had it actually for a minute because, um, you know, we eat so much decadent food and we drink all the time and, you know, we're constantly on our feet. It's kind of, we're literally having a gout diet. 100%. We're like driving down gout road. Yeah. You are allowed, you, you, we're allowed to not judge ourselves too. Like we're allowed to be like easy on ourselves and go, Hey man, you know what? You had fun. You did it. And there are definite, cr- definite credible ways to fix it. Like it's like, people, Oh, for sure. man. You know, the, the, the worst thing ever is to just give up and like, you know, be like, Oh, well, I'm going to be eating my meds for breakfast every day. Oh no, I'm not. I don't No, I don't, I don't give up. Cause I like it because I've been like, I, I like, I like doing that kind of stuff. I did like, you know, like boxing, Muay Thai, Capoeira, like, I just like being active in that way. And I lifted for a bit. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to it. And it, it, it doesn't, um, it's not daunting to me at all. It's just one of those things where like, I just have to like, sort of like calibrate the scope again, you know, mm-hmm. I got to figure out yeah, where I'm going to meet myself again when it comes to fitness, you know, and it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to where I always used to be myself. I'm like, it's, it's somewhere else. And yes, I, I stopped eating uh, meat. Well, I stopped eating beef or chicken um, uh, a year ago. Maybe more. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember anymore. But um, the weekends, I can I can do a little salmon. But usually other times, it's just like, you know, like avocados. Well, you're from the West Coast. You guys love avocados. <laughs> but yeah, avocados is <laughs> my savior. You know? like that. I feel like that's supposed to be a dig, but how can uh, avocados be a dig? Yeah, I, I had a friend who used to be like, "Oh man, he's like," I'm like, "Yeah, I always have fresh avocados on my counter," and he's like, "Oh man, he's like your 21 year old girl's best uh, best friend." Then and I'm like, "Dude, I've been eating avocados for a long time. Don't go like that." And if you have a, a empty passengers 
seat in your car to drive it around everywhere. But yeah, those are the two perfect things. Um, Thanks. Well, yeah, uh, we're, that's being entirely facetious, by the way, because you know. Oh yeah, we don't actually think, don't actually think that. Yeah, um, if you can't handle sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's that's the one thing that I find is coming out of this podcast is a level of joke and sarcasm that I think that is going to be very uh, specific. This to... is the most G-rated thing, man. <laughs> why, don't we, why, don't we, why don't we do like a you and me at a bar, you bartending, I'm drinking. And what we do you... with that. And the thing is about it is like, you'll find out that like, dude, it's like, it's, everything's all good. Like, that's the whole point about everything. It's like, it's all good. Like, if you're with good people, like you, like, you know, the cruise group, run with everything's great like you know men are safe women feel safe like it's that whole thing about like like sort of like curating uh, an environment where everyone feels safe fuck everything else if you feel safe that's the main thing right now yeah believe me i'm not we're in the market no cold tea like the number one thing we didn't have around with was, was with safety that was like the number one two and three things on this you always had a door you always had a a door guy right six door guys on sunday seven sometimes yeah Yeah. and we'd walk anyone to a car and uber that needed it yeah Yeah. and uh you know like tell me tell me a story about having to like uh either kick somebody out or help somebody get rid of somebody because i've had to do that so many fucking times oh i think the the great thing of like even like working at places like Mod Club, like I've worked with great people, like this guy named Paul taught me a lot from Mod Club. And um and just a lot of people just growing up as like as a as a as a young whippersnapper, like watching these older people handle things correctly and incorrectly. And, and then me being able as an as an adult and as an owner of choosing which side mm-hmm. I want to deal with it with. And um the best thing I always found out about was like how cerebral the door is like the brawn is just like the final sort of you know um i just found that like this guy named paul told me this uh when i was yeah, i was a bar back and he was like so because there was always like fights at these because my club was a gigantic club like i don't know a thousand people or something and he's like every time there's a fight you have to get on the radio and make sure the cerebral guy gets there before the, the brawn gets there. If the brawn gets there, it's there's trouble. If the cerebral guy gets there first, then you have a chance of solving this without violence. Because the last thing we want is violence, right? Yeah. Every time, like, believe me, like sparring with people, doing jits, rolling with people, that's fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I can do that forever. Man, like, the one-on-one fight on in a bar on the street, no matter how great you might feel after, or sorry, the great you might feel during whatever. It's like, man, like I always woke up the next morning regretting every moment of it, mm-hmm. win or lose. I hated that. Like that's the thing I hated the most. So I always want to avoid that when it comes to my professional life. Like, and 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 Cold Team was more of an art bar. We weren't like, you know, later became a party bar, but we we're like, even in that, during that instance of our life, we were still 
pushing art and fine art, right? I always, I, you know, uh, I did an experiment once at the door at a bar that I worked that was, uh, I fight every night guaranteed sometimes oh, six awful. or 10. And, uh, and, uh, I, I was, I was a small guy at the time. I still, I still think I am because I was born a small guy. Right. So, um, you, you think I'm big, but I'm not. And so I, I, I don't feel it on the inside. And so right. I go, and so I'm like, you know what? I get up there and I'm like, okay, let me work your door for one night. And I'll fucking show you that there doesn't need to be a fight in here. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I shook everybody's hand and gave everybody props. I was like, yo, what's up, man? I'm like, respect the establishment. Have a good night. And people were like, yo, sick. I like this guy, right? And when mm-hmm. I, every, t- every time people left, I didn't have one fucking fight the entire night. When people left and came down the stairs or out from the main floor, they were all giving me props. You know, yeah. I, have people, I have people give me like give me money give me cash because they're like yo man i had a sick night thanks so much that's amazing man yeah and like and everybody else was just like fucking awestruck because there was guaranteed a fight at this place guaranteed yeah it's like when it's like man versus establishment it's just not a good way to start a relationship right it's great to like have you know, like a human to human encounter going in mm-hmm. and not like stand. It gives it a face. Yeah. You know, you humanize it. Um, I think that's what a lot of, I, I, and then I, um, and there's a place for everything, but like, then I go back to that whole cerebral brawn thing. It's just like, yeah, you were the guy who would think you have the gift of gab. You understand how to communicate and you sort of settled them before in, like you diffused situations and that's the most you can do as a door person right mm-hmm. like, sort of like settle everyone down we're here for a great time you know we're not here for fucking fireworks yeah no i i don't think anybody really ever goes out to the bar to pick a fight unless that's what you plan to do in the first place right like, like yeah, but people are wired different right yeah we oh, know yeah. that mm-hmm we see it on their face. Like they're just, they just have a short fuse and they're ready to go. And their dad called them names when they were younger. They're trying you know, to them. I learned after a while, kind of how to see that. It's like almost like I look into someone's soul, mm. you know, when I'm bartending and I can be like, Hey, you know what? I'll just put my hand over, you know, when they go, they're asking for another drink and I'll slip them the bill and I'll just be like, I think it's time. Call it a night, bro. Yes. I want to see you here again tomorrow, right? Um, it's a great technique. Yeah, just because, you know, it's like, I'm your friend looking out for you. Here you go. Sometimes yeah. I'll even be like, I bought your last drink for you. Oh, yeah. You know? Killing with kindness. Yeah. And uh, killing them with kindness was where to go. You know, but there's always that one that doesn't want to do it. Oh, dude. You know, the one that's you holding can- on, that's holding on to the leg. Yeah. It's like tra- you're dragging on a leg across the floor. <laughs> oh man, we just doesn't, just doesn't- people, like, guys like when they were getting kicked out of uh, of. Um, to be honest, majority of people that got kicked out of uh, cold tea was usually for like treating a woman inappropriately. Mm-hmm. That's probably seventy five percent of the. It's just like there's no strike two. There's no talking. It's just like you're out. I remember there was a guy like noodling 
out of being held and he was crying on the ground. I'm like, dude, you're crying in front of like 150 people noodling and begging to get back. This is my big question. It's like those guys trying to like run back in. Like my bar is not that big. What happens if like I got like, I'm at the bar. You're like, you're out of here. Then they get me out onto gas town and I run back in and sit in front of you. What are you going to do? You're like, Oh, I'm going to serve you now. (laughs) Surprise. I I completely forgot who you were. Exactly. Like what? I know they're dum-dums and there's a lot of dum-dums in the world, in the world, but like, yeah. what are they doing? Like, you're just like, it, like it resets. Um, you know, I could say, you know, I'm going to go, um, reach into my blackout drunk sort of, um, pocket of stories. And I'm going to say that there's a special place that any, I think anybody can get to. I think there's some people just get to it faster and better than others. Mm. Um, I've always had that switch that like automatic switch where it's like time to go home, Mm. you know? And it's like, Hey, I've had too many drinks time to fuck off and go home. And, uh, I think that some people like, and I, because I've, I've had that switch flipped. So like, I know when it is and the feeling and it's not a good feeling. And I just think that uh, people that have that and it happens to them often that they kind of, you know, they, they, they forget like they're, they're not, they're not good at like, there's just some people that are better at picking out those situations oh, yeah. and, and, and being in more t- and being in touch with themselves and going, Hey, well, you know what? Like I really know that I'm not exactly the best person to be out in public right now. So I'm just going to go. It's right. hard to watch those people that, Hey, and I've been that guy. It's hard to, it's hard to watch those people fight to stay in the situation like i've had people mm-hmm. where like she's in a group of 10 nine of her friends are like it's time for you to go and she's just screaming trying to be like no i'm like you're so far gone that you can't tell like you're screaming and nine of your friends are trying to push you out of this place and you're in your brain in your mind your adult brain is telling you that you should stay it's hard to watch. It's a complete train wreck. Yeah, I think I think what that is a lot though is um, actually a because when you're when people get inebriated to a certain level, they're going into their child mind. They're they're going into that trauma mind. Like they can get snapped into it pretty well, and they're and they're they're reacting to past traumas, and they're going like, oh. They're gonna leave me. My friends are gonna leave me if I don't. If I'm not here right now, um, I am. Uh, I'm going to miss out. It's the FOMO, you know. For every YOLO, there's a FOMO, right? But like, all of my friends are with you. Like, yo, you, 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 just go grab a, uh, just go grab that quarter pound of the cheese, man. But to- I'm saying, like, the, just that that persistence. Like, this is this is what I've seen, and the, that persistence seems to come from a place of complete and utter dread of mm-hmm. missing something, mm-hmm. or of feeling left out, or of feeling like they're not loved by their friends they're with and so they're like no i have to like i have to be here because otherwise i'm not going to see them tomorrow meanwhile you're staying in a fucking hotel with them because you don't even live in toronto (laughs) yeah so there's a lot of that right yeah Yeah. um and yeah it's usually the bridge and tunnel crowd anyways um we call them 905ers here but um (laughs) yeah yeah i uh, I know yeah uh but I don't so, even want to. I don't. I don't even want to pick, but like nitpick about you guys using that term. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So 
all over. So cold tea. I don't know uh, how much you want, like, like how, how's everything going? You reopened where Brooklyn was now? Well, you know, yeah, we reopened there, but like, it's just one of those things where, you know, everyone's going through it. And I know like you guys have been on lockdown, but Ontario has been on lockdown. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, like let's, patios just opened. Like, you know, you guys yeah. have never shut down your patios. You let's, did switch, for like three let's switch that. Let's switch topics. And I, cause I would love to. COVID's old. I know. To talk to you about, um, moving forward after COVID because there was a way that we ran. I mean, you're, you're a good guy. I work for you, but like, I'd say there's a way that a lot of restaurants ran that are not, it's not going to work anymore. Yeah, man. It is. It's, 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 yeah, it's a, I think what you're saying is like, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a murky cloudy future. I don't think anyone, I don't care who they are even if you're in the municipal government, federal government, whatever, wherever, I don't think you have a crystal ball. I don't think anyone can tell you what two, 2023 is going to be like 2024. And if we're talking about like a simple topic, like the club game, like the dancing 200, 300, 400, whatever, hundred people, thousand people dancing in a, in, in, in a box. I don't think that's for me. Uh, hyper uneducated this whole COVID thing's new to me sort of pov i don't i don't see it to be honest like i don't see i don't see those bashment parties happening again legally legally i know they're happening every weekend in every dark corner of the city but i'm saying legally where it's hyper sanctioned by like the municipal government you know what you know what this reminds me of um florida for example um was it uh, Clint Eastwood was became like, what do they call it now? Um, Senator of Florida and oh, governor, your governor, was of Florida? governor, something like that. Yeah. Clint Eastwood was. And so he realized that since like uh, a major disaster, when he took, like it was like years and years, Florida was still under martial law. Mm. So they were able to do anything that they wanted to. Um, any sort of like uh, police or whatever, they could detain somebody for anything pop- like they wanted oh, to. Yeah. So, um, you know, like being in like, you know, like Miami and being arrested, you know, on the side of the street, like a cop could just stop you and do whatever the fuck they wanted. So I'm like super curious when it comes to Toronto and how Doug Ford and, you know, the mayor of Toronto have kind of like set things up with like Ontario because it seems to be sort of that sort of thing where it's like, uh, I'm going to have a set a state of emergency and be like, yeah. we can do whatever the fuck we want as law enforcement, because I don't think that we'll never that, have martial law again. It didn't work that small brief moment in Toronto, but, um, I, um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see the things like I, I have, I have, I have no idea. It's so month by month week but it's like week by week here right like we don't know like they're already talking about um sorry to go back to covid but like they're already talking about a fourth wave in ontario right coming in october november so if that's the news i'm hearing about the food and bev industry and the club industry then what hope do i have about like us doing it all over again like um like the cold tea barbecue seem narnia to me you know like they don't seem real anymore yeah, um, and I don't see it 
getting back there for a very, very, very long time. So that, that overused term pivot comes into play. And what do you do now? Right. It's like, you know, and, 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 and those things where I'm, and I'm so happy about like cafe Theo, the, the, the makeshift patios they're giving everyone, but patios aren't a commodity anymore. And, you know, I had two of them. So I don't know, like, is the real honest guttural answer? Like, I have no idea what I want is, I don't know, maybe I'll figure something else out. Like I'm not to be, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but uh, for me personally, for everybody else, yes, I, I'm worried about it. And I want everything to be fixed ASAP. But uh, with me, it's like, I'm taking it easy. Like, I don't want to make any rash decisions because decisions in the food and bev industry uh, equate spending money. And for, for you, like, you know, how many people like started spending money on their patios and got it shut down how many, in Ontario? How many people said we were going to open for, 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 for business and restaurants then shut down? And then all the proteins they bought went to, you know, like, you know, all the stuff they bought from the green grocer and the proteins like went to shit, you know, like it's like every move you make to sort of resurrect your business costs money. So I'm going to hear, I'm going to be here, like sit on my uh, shillings and like figure out what the right move is, you know? Um, and right now for me, for like on the side stuff, it's like, it's just property. Like I sold my house and now I'm like renovating my new house. So that's what I was doing today. That's why I was at that lawyer thing at my lawyers today. It's like dealing with property stuff. But, um, at the end of the day, it's like, I got to figure it out. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'll come work for you doing being your Jamie, man. So, um, <laughs> are you, are you managing now? Me? Yeah. No, man. I, I, I go, I, I, uh, I managed to watch, uh, the purge last night and I, I watched black widow. I'm on like a hiatus, man. I think that's what people say when they're, uh, between stuff. Like I don't, it's not because I don't want to, but I just need to like, this is a, mind you, this is the first time like I work. Like it was me and my, one of my really close friends, he's a DJ. We just worked like 50 hours a week each last year during COVID, like just me and him, like no one helping us, you know, like, like, you know, we had a little bit of staff that would come help, but like we worked the majority of the time to keep like payroll down. Cause you know, we know business keep payroll down during this time of COVID, but it was like doing like you, we'd have to come up with like, makeshift programming all the time because you could only have half the amount of people on your patio. You couldn't play music too loud. Couldn't really dance, but then, then you turn up and then everyone's trying to, it was just a weird thing. You got to settle everyone down. It was really hard. It was like, it was like, there was a lot of balls in the air, a lot of plates were spinning at the same time. Um, it was high, highly stressful. And then you have like the AGCO, the alcohol gaming commission of Ontario. Um, trying to like shut us down all the time like they did it like it's just the police or the, it's like you're trying to do something and people are trying to knock you down you're trying and it was just like basically me and this my good friend mike who was just like doing everything and it was really 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 difficult and hence i've been behind the pine for what 20 years 
working an average of four average from when I started four shifts a week, sometimes six, sometimes seven, sometimes two, sometimes whatever, but like, and I'm old now. Right. So this is the first year I've had to, and look, all of a sudden I, the first moment I stopped moving, my legs go, my feet go. It's, it's pretty ironic, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, it's like my time to like rest my body. I'm very thankful for it, but I'm working on other things. I'm working on like real estate right now. So I think that's like this a smart move right now. There's no need for me to like pour a vodka soda or make an old fashioned right now. I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do either. But yeah. You know, well, I mean, a, a huge trend I find is, is really like people are going towards health. Huge, huge. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and trying to find out what they are, especially in this industry, everybody's trying to find out what they are outside of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the shutdown, like lockdown actually allowed people to kind of look at themselves and go, shit, like, who am I, you know, who am I really? And what, what do I do when I'm not at work? Because in reality, um, I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are as a bartender, like what, what type of bartender you are or anything. You are literally pouring drinks for people to drink. You are there to give the show them a good time. And that's it. Yeah. For right? sure. Um, yeah. When you can't do that anymore, you have to have something else. And our, you know, this pandemic's taken away that ability to do that. At the, mm-hmm. way that we, at the rate that we used to be able to do that. And so you have to either be comfortable with the way that it is coming back or you have to find something else to do. And, you know, learning, learning more about yourself, I guess, is where I've, where I've been at with it, you know, my journey. Yeah, that's it. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. It's a, in the sense of like, you know, especially with, specifically with me and you, like a lot of our friends do this. Like, this is our job. Like, our job is bartending, hosting, that sort of thing. And, and you, you, you take that away. And, and, and you know what? You're right. It's like all the labels go away. Now you're just a person. Like, now we're just talking as, mm-hmm. as us as friends, not as us as like colleagues or in the same field. It's just like, yeah, we're just like shooting the shit. Where I find like the labels of people that were, cause I, cause I, I've seen a lot of people like, uh, sort of figure out different types of occupation. Like they're not in the service industry anymore. They're like working at an office or started a cleaning company or doing this or that. It's just like they're, they're, they're doing different things, which is great. Um, starting businesses, which is, which is great. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting for them not to be in it. And, and for me, to be honest, like I always want most of these people to find their way out of it. I find the trappings are a little bit too um, scrumptious for them to say no to, you know? I find that, especially in the bartender world, that um, that cash, mo- the thing is the cash money. Um, and the other one is um, brand endorsement, where brands, where brand reps, and I love a lot of good brand reps. I know a lot of them, they're great people. Oh, for sure, yeah. But their job is solely to pump up the bartender, to make the bartender feel great, like they're doing the world a service. You know, and they're, they're a superhero. 
and so that they so they they kind of like get they kind of get this sort of like feeling of like oh hey well you know what like i'm I'm on top of the world but in reality you're just making drinks for people behind a bar at the same and i'm like i don't know if you think that's too drastic is that dark i don't know maybe it was just your tense and how you like we ended off that yeah i i I know they do it so you promote their their brand i know that's a big thing um and i think that and that's what they're that's what they're supposed to do like some of my uh, closest friends well yeah like if like two or three like that are that are from brands um to this day like one day anyway uh but yeah and 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 uh i it's effortless i think for me if i if i like the person i like their product mm-hmm. and I, you know i i have no mind like i have no i i don't mind like sort of like professing how much I use it, uh, I back it, how much I drink it. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind that. I think that's part of the game though, right? Sort of like the Jameson days. Jameson never gives anything, man. <laughs> you no. What did Jameson give you? Fucking a fat liver. That's it. Yeah. Mine's like, they're, they're like, we have one because it's like grandfathered in, but like, they don't need to give any case deals out or anything because they, they, like, give it, they so gave it all to the hideout oh yeah but that was back in the day though yeah yeah because they had a good case so we had a decent case though but like at the end of the day what, whatever man. if you make all that money and then and, and and you branded well and you know and you you did what you're supposed to do really well because i've had so many brands we've had so many brands come up to us and like you look at the bottle like something from like florida and you're like what the hell is this like no one the bottle looks the bottle looks creepy. I'm like, I'm not serving this to anybody, right? Let alone it's a generic cruise ship rum, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, uh, I think it's part and parcel of the, of the bartending game, right? And I get a lot of, like, I got a lot of, like, I think we got trips to Ireland from Jameson. Fuck, you got to go on that trip, man? Damn yeah, I sent, we sent my business partner, Matt, uh missed that guy um uh i went to mexico where's that where's uh where's that beer that that like off off white and red beer it's called it starts with an s oh my god it's huge they also Steagle. have yeah. Steagle. Steagle. Steagle, yeah. yeah like yeah. Every, every hipster in toronto drank that at one point oh yeah man it was a beautifully designed can man Dude, I, I I crushed a flat of those one night. Oh yeah, really? then they came up with the rattler, which crushed as well. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like we went. Where are they from again? Switzerland or some shit. Jamie. Jamie, hold that up. Um, got to go there. Went to uh, oddly from a beer company. Got us this huge trip to New Orleans for uh, tales of the cocktails. Is that what it's called? Like a beer company took us there because they liked us so much. Like they spent like 10 G's on that trip. But yeah, I got to go like, we got to do trips and stuff. Lots of product. Um, lots of bottle openers. But yeah. But I think... Um, it's uh, I said Switzerland. 
Salzburg. Their website didn't work out that well. Oh, well. There you go. Are you opening up on a tablet or on a, on a computer? On a computer. Oh, and it's still not opening up. That's odd. No, it just loaded very abruptly. It's an aggressive upload. It was super aggressive. Germany. Oh, it's from Germany. Actually, it could be Austrian. Austrian. It's Austrian. Austrian. That's all. Yeah. Austrian. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was forced to look at the map. Yeah. Just because the, the way the website loaded, it's super weird. But yeah. So anyway, like yeah. Um, I think it was Austria. Um, this partner got got to go there. But yeah, it's like that's the game, though, man. It was you know it was a fun trip. I don't like personally. I don't know if I'm like have the hunger, you know. I was called legs. Like you have the legs to keep running. Like at the start, when you're young, you have all this stamina and all this power and you can keep running forever. But like now it's like, do I want to do that? Like, I know I could, if I wanted to, like I could open another one tomorrow. Would I in this climate? No. But, uh, if it got, if, and when it gets better, I could, but do I really want to do that? Like, no, that's the question, right? It's like, do I have to do it? I don't think so. Um, will it be the same era? Never. So I'm not, I'm not always, that's why I left Vancouver. I'm not here to try to like recapture like past glory. You know, I don't, if I did that, I'd still be in Vancouver trying to relive whatever good time if I ever had one there. So it's like, I just need, to, I, I, I don't know if I leave Toronto or I leave the country. I don't know what the next one is, but I'm open to all of the things, right? You know, it's, it's always good to reinvent yourself. Yeah, or just stay dope and be dope in other countries, you know? Like, it's just like, it's like, I don't like, yeah, I don't like. Or reinvent the medium that you purvey your dopeness on. Yeah, it's like, it, whatever it is, um, a combination of, because I think you're always, you're right, like, you're always reinvent, like, you'll always be new, like, I'll be new. I'll be slightly new after this conversation with you and being on this podcast and talking this long, um, effortlessly, by the way, you were really good at this. Um, oh, thanks buddy. But yeah, I think one of those things where like, yeah, you're right. Like I'll be like, you know, part of me wants to go to Mexico city, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, maybe go to the Philippines. Um, even Miami. Right. You know? Mm. So, those are those things where like I could do things in those cities and countries whenever, right? Or cities in those countries. Yeah. Whenever. And I, and I, I'm not, I'm not doing what I did helps me be less fearful or I guess I'm just trying to say more confident to do it there. Like I don't, it's just less daunting. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, like since you've taken the leap as a business owner already, like years ago, it's, it's probably easier for you to go jump into doing something. Yeah. Do other things. Yeah. It's basically just risk, right? Yeah. Um, like financial risk is like really hard for people for a few reasons. One is if they don't have finances to risk, then you just can't do it. Cause I hear a lot of people being like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, Oh really? You have 390,000 to do that. They're like, 
well, no, but I'm like, so you don't, it's like the people that have this willingness to do things, but they don't have the means to do it with. It's just a, I don't know if it's a big city thing or a Toronto thing. People all talk a lot of shit, but I'm like, you're not going to do it because you don't, you just don't have that small piece, that small piece of uh, the $500,000 to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But you have all your bar tools in your back in, your, in the trunk of your car, so I guess you're halfway there. You know, so it's like those things are like I got my I got my leather bag there with yeah. I watched seven YouTube videos on how to make pizza. I'm gonna open a pizza place. All right, good. You're gonna be in Vancouver uh, coming up soon, right? Yeah, I'm gonna head there. I can't wait to see my family. I miss them dearly. Uh, I love the landscape. I love going back to North Van. Like I love driving up to North Van. Mm-hmm. And I, and I believe me, I did not love it when I was young. And you just learn how to love like Vancouver and North Van. It is breathtaking, man. That city. It's like it's stupid how like it's like. Sometimes I look at it like it's it's like a gentrified version of Jurassic Park. It's just huh. how the mountains. It's a, fucking, it, it's a real rainforest, actually. Believe it or not, um, yeah. you know. Well, so get off to the coast, yeah. But yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm just just gonna, res- just gonna respect your time here, and uh, we're rolling on two hours and ten minutes. So I figured it. Yeah. No way, dude. Oh yeah, bro. We got it. <laughs> it's a good conversation. Yeah, we covered a lot, a lot of topics that are. Uh, oh, we didn't know. even get into it because we didn't even hit the things. Oh wow. Dude, we could do part two, man. No worries. Dude, do whatever you want. Yeah. Or next time we can shoot. The, oh, we can, you know what? We can do it next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll be able to be into into Vancouver when you're here, hopefully. And see. Yeah, let's, um, go, uh, let's go find someone who will let us do it in a bar. If you're going to be here on the 6th and 7th, I, I could set that up. You know what? The weirdest thing on the 6th and 7th, I am going to be there, but I'm going to be doing a Sasquatch tour in Harrison Hot Springs. Yes. That's awesome. I'm literally going, one of the I'm going there is to do Sasquatch stuff. Yeah, that sucks because I'm bartending. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my first bartending shift in like a almost a year. Yeah, are you just doing a guest though, right? Yeah, you're doing a guest guest shift. Are you going to do anywhere else after? Um, no, probably not. Just Dude, honestly, first. I'm not even joking. Like, whatever, if like camera, whatever is recording off. Dude, honestly, you should do this wearing everything you're wearing with earbuds in and you're at a small bar or like a make your tiki bar, and the guy's sitting down and you're the bartender doing the whole thing, making drinks, trying things out. I thought about that, but a lot of my, a lot of my path right now is, is, uh, is pretty, it's pretty sober, right? So why don't, you, um, why don't you make delicious, like a delicious, like carrot kiwi and friggin' beet juice thing and like and it's just served beautifully oh yeah definitely a bunch of like i have i have ideas around that that i'm going to be doing uh, but the not- floating flaxseed and yo know, you can make but you know a flaxseed fresh flaxseed rim dude that would be pretty dope though get your fiber yeah get your fiber yeah. right here from a bartender to a body mem- body mender yeah yeah. I, have your, I have your hangover cures. Um, you can you get drinks from this guy. You can come to me and you can get your uh, vitamins, your your greens mix. 
Yeah. So that's 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 super dope, though, man. No, but uh, when I'm there, we should we should if it's for this or not, we should we should hang out to have a definitely a, definitely. I mean, the whole concept of this is to have an open conversation and you know to talk talk shop, but you know from the perspective that we have now. Yeah, but it's good. I think with you and me, like if we do it again, it's like it doesn't have to be such a not to say I don't have really any no contra towards it, but just like the the um i hate the vancouver versus toronto thing oh yeah we get it we it's don't have funny. To it's it's funny is what it is it's true and it's true we're not yeah. like we, we take the reference the reference we're not like talking smack for no reason no right? we're not we're not actually talking smack just so that if anybody from vancouver or toronto is listening we we don't mean any of this <laughs> and you're you're from there i've been living there 20 years you just you just got home from here. I'm heading there next week, so we do have reference frame of reference when it comes yeah, to like yeah. Vancouver and uh, and Toronto. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. But I'll let you go enjoy your day, sir. What Dude, it's it? your day. It's my night. What is it? Seven o'clock. You got you got dinner on the go. What are you having? Dinner on the go. Um, probably not. I'm probably gonna go because lands down on Bloor is pretty dope now. We're like Sugo and Soul Shakers in so. Probably can go meet some people to drink. It's late yeah. in the week already. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. Shit, it's yeah. Thursdays. Thirsty Thursdays. It's, dude, it's, I'm always thirsty on Thursdays. Yeah. I'm, I'm thirsty. But I'm going to go have a coconut people. water. Have a co- yeah, you guys love, love coconut water. You know, one of my secrets, actually, of my sobriety has been is I have a bottle of gin and vermouth and all the mixing tools. I can make myself the most banging martini anytime I want, but I just don't. That's, that's and great. It's, and it's about knowing that I have power over myself to not like my willpower enough to not do that. That's pretty good. You know, it's easier if you do grab those two balls and smash them on the ground. No. Yeah. Why would I do that, man? I, I might have to host, you know what? but don't mop it up. Don't, don't, don't sweep up the broken glass. You have to remember it. You got to walk around it. And every time you cut your toe, yeah, no, that's, that's not penance, happening. That's penance. That's for all the shit we did when we were younger. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. Speak for yourself. I know we were no. good. We were good boys. Yeah, we were, we were good. good. All right, um, awesome, my brother. Okay, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for the invite. No, thank you. Okay. Bless. All right, okay.